0: Welcome to the Wild wow Factor Podcast, hosted by Samuel Kamugisha, featuring a diverse collection of talent with a keen focus on highlighting the different amazing things that we're doing to change the world. So, without any more hesitations, here is Samuel. Today we have a very special guest on the WOW Factor podcast. He has over nine years insightful experience in digital marketing that covers SEO, SEM and to mention but a few. He has worked in prestigious agencies like Group M, Lion & Lion, Consider Air Prospect and Dance Agency Network. And without further hesitation, ladies and gentlemen, I introduce you Tejas Kirodiwal, the Regional Head of Growth for Zalora Group. So how are you Tejas? I'm good, Samuel.
1: Uh, Glad to be speaking for your podcast and uh, thanks for a lovely introduction. Uh, Yeah, so I'm looking forward to the podcast.
0: Oh, that's good to hear. So how has been your week? Uh, As usual, I think as we
1: were discussing before podcast as well, uh, it has been pretty uh, busy week uh, in in Salora. Um, Yeah, a lot of things happening uh, in terms of uh, work and uh a lot of revisions happening uh keeping 2020 strategy in mind so yeah it's pretty pretty busy
0: oh that's nice that's nice so how would you define Tejas well
1: um yeah it's really awkward to define myself but um uh, I as you know I come from India I have been uh, working in industry for nine years uh, I come from a very uh, middle class sort of background and uh, yeah, I think I'm, I'm someone who's very introvert, uh, passionate about digital and uh, yeah, have a very small circle of friends. I really like to talk about uh, my work and my small activity which are around my life. So, yeah, that's it about me. It's nothing really fancy about uh, me being uh,
0: what I am and stuff. It's very normal. Well, talking about the fancy bit, I managed to visit one of your blogs and I saw a very insightful list of qu- of things you'd like to achieve. And I'm just wondering if you had achieved some of them. For example, you want to perform 100 sit ups a day.
1: <laughs> no, I think I made that blog, uh, uh, I think a few years back, I think it's a five year. I I honestly real, really haven't updated it for the last five years. Uh, I made it when I was still, I would consider a very childish sort of mindset. Uh, I would write all nonsense on my blogs and stuff, but I don't really uh, stick to it. Uh, Yeah, I did mention about 100 sit-ups and all. I don't think I ever performed 100 sit-ups in one go or in one day. I never really did. So it's just some fanciful uh, dreams and ideas and stuff. It it really, I actually don't even open my own blog now. It's a shame, Uh, but it's a shame. But yeah, actually, I, I actually don't, I don't get enough time to do it. But yeah, I think now because you mentioned it, it's time to update it with some realistic goals. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah.
0: (laughs) So, did did you manage to finish the Bhagavad Gita? Uh,
1: That's interesting, actually. I didn't read the Bhagavad Gita. Uh, As it's mentioned, uh, (laughs) one of the other line items in my to-do list on my blog. I think you you are really picking up this stuff from my blog, which is not really updated. (laughs) But okay. Uh, The thing... uh, I mean, the reason I say it's interesting is because I haven't really read uh, Bhagavad Gita, but I'm uh, listening to the audio version of uh, Bhagavad Gita and the commentary of Bhagavad Gita. Because a lot of people will see Bhagavad Gita as a holy book uh, which belongs to a particular religion in the world and whatnot, but I, I don't think that is what Bhagavad Gita is. Bhagavad Gita is a very, is, is a book uh, which tells you about the psychology of human beings and uh, how they should really. Uh, react to different situations. So reading or listening to Bhagavad Gita is one thing but reading or listening to the commentaries on Bhagavad Gita the translation of Bhagavad Gita translation doesn't mean one language to another but the translation in the sense what has been said 5000 years ago when the Bhagavad Gita was sort of uh, written. Um, So what was said at that time in what context it was said What does it mean in today's world, in today's situation, today's circumstances? I think that is what is very interesting and important. And there are a lot of uh, good masters who have uh, done that job of translating it into the real world, modern world, uh, you know, uh, situation and circumstances. So I think uh, I'm definitely listening to the uh, commentaries on Bhagavad Gita on a regular basis. So I listen to Osho. Uh, I'm not sure how many, I mean, if you have heard, have you heard of Osho? Uh, no. No. Uh, okay. So I but I would heard
0: of the Bhagavad Gita. Yeah. <laughs> so, I saw it in your list. I was like, hmm. I yeah. thought I'm going to ask mainly. Yeah.
1: yeah so, Osho is also considered one of the... Uh, I mean, he's considered a very great master of uh, 20th century, who existed in 20th century. And I think he's... Uh, I, I, if I'm, I'm not really sure on the records or the numbers or facts, but I think he's one of those guys who has written the most number of books in the world. And... Uh, Uh, one master who comes from from the spiritual spirituality world on whom most people have uh, given their opinions some positive comments feedbacks or stuff so so yeah i mean we are talking about hollywood celebrities to uh, political leaders to uh, business leaders a lot of lot of these guys Uh, he's very hard to be understood Uh, he talks at certain level he talks about certain depth uh, at certain depth so but yeah I think his commentary on Pagod Gita is uh, really impactful on my life in general and I think I, I definitely keep on listening it because it's a very big I think it's a 300 hours of discourse yeah it he, of course he has done it uh, in uh, episodes but I think it's really really good so yeah
0: Wow very insightful yeah. <laughs> uh, while we're still part in that part of educating mm. uh, would you say that the school that you went to had a a significant impact on your current career
1: uh if i i mean of course school and colleges the the, they are the foundation for most people and that is where we get to know the basics of the corporate world of course not in the same uh, language Uh, school and colleges don't operate in the same language as corporate worlds do but you get to learn the the basics right let's say if you become a pilot You need to calculate the fuel you require for a trip and you need to input a lot of things but in school and colleges what you learn let's say school what you learn is 2 plus 2 2 plus 5 those kind of simple maths right but that simple maths becomes the foundation base for your later astronomical mathematical calculations right let's say if you become a pilot or whatever complex job you do so i think of course uh, school and colleges are very important and significant in one's career and growth but Talking specifically about digital I don't really think uh, back then school and colleges had uh, digital related or internet related courses uh, which could impact our uh, which could yeah which could impact the the career which we would go and take up later right so I'm not even sure about now I mean how many colleges have courses on digital uh, digital marketing or digital technology or and and stuff like those right so of course there are um, courses computers i mean i did computer science and engineering so it definitely helped me because i learned the coding uh so i i understand how system works how to build a system be it uh, software hardware whatnot right so it helps in certain ways, but in digital, when we talk digital marketing, there was nothing really back then. Or at least the course I took the college I was in, nothing really. But I think, yeah, the foundation wise, I would say it helped me because I learned HTML, PHP. These things were helpful when I went into SEO and especially technical SEO. This thing, I was easily able to relate because I can also see that there are people in digital or this. Digital is a very umbrella word, right? It's a, it's a very broad word. so. When you look into digital, there are very various verticals and each of those verticals will require some sort of technical understanding. But we see a lot of people jumping into digital or specific verticals of digi- digital who don't have computer background or tech background. So they probably find it slightly uh, harder to adapt to certain things. Let's say if you are building your website and you need to go into the source code and you need to understand what the HTML is, where the body tag, head tag is, or you, you, are a, you want to do pursue graphic designing or then you need to understand certain things, you know. But so if you come from technical background, then of course it helps you. Uh, if you don't come from technical background so you have to go through some hardships. so in that sense i think my school definitely my college definitely helped me because i took the computer course i was i'm a computer science engineer uh, by my uh, like degree you call it, you can call, call it so yeah so it, it had an impact but not so much i would say
0: hmm, that's that's interesting so it mainly built the foundation yeah so in light with were there any specific personalities you looked up to that helped to frame your ideology or your work life were there any specific people you looked up to yes i think the
1: that's thanks for asking this because i think it's a very good question subsequently coming after the uh, the school college question because when i don't really want anyone to think that school and college doesn't have any importance of course it has a lot of significant importance but i think what really helped me is uh the as you as you asked right the personalities who i followed so yes i did follow personality uh, certain personalities uh and i think that really helped me and for me those were the school and colleges for me when you read them when you follow them when you follow their interviews when you follow the articles they have written when you follow the courses they have been uh doing because look ultimately uh what you learn is what is what you learn and where you get your knowledge that is your in a way, your university, right? So, I think in, in my case, I would say uh, those were the people who really influenced me were my u- university. So, those are all online personalities. I actually never been able to meet them in person, even now. So, some of them I would definitely mention would be uh, Rand Fishkin. If I'm not sure if you have heard of Rand Fishkin, he is the, uh, I think he owns malls, uh, the online portal malls.com. Uh, I think it's a MOZ yes yes. so for
0: MOZ rank and all
1: yes yes MOZ rank yes Uh, so I mean of course they they have developed their own uh, softwares which helps the SEO community digital community and yes the MOZ rank and domain authority and a lot of those things coming from there uh, interestingly, we were even before the podcast, we were talking about uh, domain authorities and stuff. And right? actually, the domain authority word, in my opinion, actually first came in through Moz. Yes. Uh, it never really existed before. Yes, PageRank existed because Google's algorithm was called PageRank. Uh, but yeah, so, so yeah, uh, Rand Fishkin was the first. And then Avinash Kaushik, the ex-Googler. Um, I think his uh, his blog, uh, Occam's Razor, uh, Kaushik.net. I think that's really... Uh, a really good blog I think it has a niche audience because it doesn't really talk about surface level anal- digital analytics it goes into some really good depth details of uh, digital analytics so yeah Avinash Kaushik is one uh, Rand Fishkin is, is other I would say uh, then P Plaja is is one um, he his portal is conversion and um, so yeah some of these guys uh, I, I definitely followed for very very long time and I read their blogs um, and um, the courses which they offered. And I think that really helped me a lot. On that note, I actually want to mention one more uh, sort of personality person who really helped me shape my career. And for me, he was kind of my course or college or whatever you call it. Uh, My first boss, Konal Chahan. uh, uh, He basically mentored me and one of my colleagues, both of us had joined.
0: The WOW Journal. A catalog of different captivating content spanning from amazing talent to tones of creative work founded by Samuel Kamaji Shah, a brand and growth strategist. His major focus is to ignite creativity through inspiration with an intention of being a catalyst for growth, whether it's for your brand or business. Log on to www.wowjournal.cc. That's W-O-W-J-O-U. R-N-A-L.
1: he basically mentored me and one of my colleagues both of us had joined at the same time me and my colleague Dhruti uh, so so yeah Kunal Johan played a uh, he was catalyst in, in basically shaping our career, I would say, because he inculcated the habit of logical thinking in us. He inculcated the habit of looking at SEO or doing approaching SEO or doing SEO in, in a way which not everyone did back then. Everyone wanted to go for shortcuts, but he taught us the real importance of SEO. How does it really impact website? How does it add value to the internet world, search engine world? Uh, so. Uh, though, if you look from a very short-term goal point of, I mean, if you keep short, short-term goals in your mind, then of course those those uh, lectures or those teachings will, will look like uh, boring. But now when I see in a broader perspective, I, I feel uh, uh, it was a good seed which he planted in us. Uh, so, so yeah, I think uh, he, Kunal Chauhan is one, I would say, he's a very... Good sort of person who has influenced my life, along with these big stars, uh, stars of my Afar, afar industry, Ranfishkin, Fishkin, Kaushik, uh, Avinash Kaushik and, and
0: these guys. Yeah. Wow, well, very, very, very insightful. So, a little bit switching more into currently where you are, more in business strategy and growth. Uh, you worked previous. You worked in Dubai, India, and Malaysia. Which of the three markets can you cite is growing the most in digital marketing, and if possible, you can cite the reasons why. Mm,
1: I think it's it's tough to say in a way, and in a way, it's not because because the three countries we are talking Dubai, of course, is part of UAE, so UAE, India, and Malaysia. I think these three countries are very different are very different in many ways. India is such a big country, such a big population. When we see big population, of course, you can expect big companies there because it's a big market for the companies because there are a lot of consumers, right? One billion consumers. So When there are one billion consumers, of course, there'll be more companies, more companies investing money. So when the companies are investing money, so marketing always will take place. And when the marketing uh, happens in a place uh, where there are one billion eyeballs, uh, one billion consumers, that market is more likely to evolve faster, right? Because there, there is consumer, there are companies, there is money. Lots, lot is happening there. The technology will be adopted faster there. Although India is not as advanced as Malaysia or UAE. I mean, some parts, most parts of India. But uh, I think uh, when it comes to technological advancements, uh, especially the digital ones, uh, internet world, uh, technological advancements and uh, skill sets, I think India definitely is much ahead of uh, Malaysia and UAE in that sense, and hence I think digital side also. I think it's a more mature market. I would say both in terms of finding the right skill set. Of course, there are a lot of people who brag a lot of things on on LinkedIn's and freelance portals and whatnot, but. Uh, it's not very hard to find really skillful people in India as compared to UAE or, the, uh, or or Malaysia. Even you look at UAE, right, Dubai, there are a lot of, if you look at the digital industry, you'll find expats. They are not like local, local people, even here, right? I mean, I mean of course, we, we here in Malaysia, we see local people coming up, which is really good for the local economy and the future of Malaysia. But there are a lot of expats. You yourself, you are an expat working in a company, digital marketing agency. I am also an expat working in a e-commerce uh, company so uh, which is of course good for us but what i'm trying to say is that Malaysia and 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 uh, and and UAE Dubai are not as mature in terms of digital marketing both from skill set point of view and both from adoption point of view so if you even look at few digital case studies or examples So, for example e-wallets and stuff right so e-wallet is now getting more and more hype in in malaysia of course it has been there for a few years now but not the in terms of adoption how many people have been using it and how seriously government has been taking it we are seeing it now right in recent few months few quarters few i would say maybe couple of years max right but in india that's not the case in india digital wallets have been there since 2015 2014 2013 actually uh, of course, it was not very big, uh, but I think in, it got more mature and it got mature faster than Malaysia. Uh, so that's just one example of how the overall digital ecosystem is more mature in India. And I think it goes, as I said, as I said it goes with a very simple logic and explanation that more people means bigger market, bigger market means more companies, more companies means more marketing happening. When more marketing happening, all the verticals of marketing, be it offline, be it online, be it tech side, be it the non-tech side, everything will grow with it. And I think that in that sense, um, India is a more mature market. Well, In
0: the light of that being mature. So let's frame it to a business. What reasons do you cite as the number one causes for failure, of failure to grow of a business
1: uh, it's a very 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 broad question because I mean it depends on I mean the, I mean it depends on various things right and the reasons could vary company to company situation to situation circumstances to circumstances but if you are talking about the new e-commerce businesses and uh, like the new age businesses, which doesn't require a lot of capital, a lot of uh, support in physical world, then I think what really is hampering is, uh, or what is really the roadblock for them to grow, is is uh, is probably the proper planning, proper research, and uh, and I think the proper timeline of of I mean most companies don't really define the timeline of the growth i honestly i i myself had uh, had a startup in in dubai i was running a digital marketing agency and when now when i look back to that i i realize oh i was pretty uh immature with certain decisions i made at that time in context to how uh the partnership should work between me and the investor or how i operated within the on floor with my with my employees with my colleagues uh, and stuff so of course my my strong hand was the technical knowledge of SEO, SEM and uh, I like training but apart from that to run a company you need a lot of lot many other things right so that's one so I think it depends company to company but in general if I have to say I would say that in, in general people probably fail at planning the things and when we say when they fail at planning they of course will fail at execution of it because Even let's say if you get the execution right, but you are executing the wrong plans or you are executing the uh, immature plans, right? So, for example, uh, let's say you have a small startup and you want to really scale it up. Most startups uh, will have immature death when they plan scalability ahead of uh, recurring revenue model. Uh, taking us example of Microsoft when Microsoft was very young very new I think Microsoft started in 1975 and they first got their deal or a big deal uh, from IBM I guess in 1981 or 1983 I'm not sure of that but uh, of the year but when they got uh, the deal they were supposed to deliver operating system and they actually bought the operating system from uh, I think a group of freelancers and that was MS-DOS Right, so they sold it to IBM and then they were like, um, and I think it was with Windows or DOS, I'm not sure. Later came Windows, of course, but I'm not sure where they really had the licensing fee kind of a model, but that was a very good, very smart move from Bill Gates where he said that, hey, I don't want to sell this operating system to you, uh, dear IBM, on a uh, one-shot fee or a one-shot cost. I want to have the licensing fee structure. So meaning every device you sell, I will get the fee uh, for having my operating system in. So that makes a recurring revenue model, right? So once you have the recurring revenue model, once you have the fixed gross margin coming in, uh, sorry, fixed gross uh, profit uh, coming in, then you can think of scalability. But most people think of scalability just because you have a good product, it doesn't mean you can scale it up directly. You need to have a recurring revenue model. You need to have a fixed gross profit coming in so that uh, you don't leave the sure for unsure. And I always actually say that this is the golden statement uh, that don't leave the shore for unsure. If you have a business, figure out what is it that will give you the recurring revenue model. And then once you have freeze that, once you have locked that, then at least your bread and butter is covered, and then you can think of scalability. And also, when you think of scalability, you need to figure out what is scalable. Not everything in the business can be scalable. If you have a business, you have a shop, you have a service uh sector thing you can break it into multiple categories you definitely will find multiple products into it for example talking about digital marketing agencies right you have social as a service within social also you have so many service community management then influencer marketing within uh digital agency you also have performance marketing seo side of it uh, talking about e-commerce is you have general merchandisers with certain kinds of products certain kinds of categories toys DIYs family clothings whatnot right so you need to really figure out no matter what business you are you might even have a saloon or a coffee shop but you need to figure out what in my shop is the category which gives me a recurring revenue model so let me fix that let me freeze that let me not touch play any games or no gambles with that and then I think of scalability and then when you go with that kind of a planning when you are very mature with your research when you're very mature with what market needs then I think it becomes very easy I mean not to say easy but I think then it's relatively easier to scale the business and uh, save the startup or uh, from from dying love that's roughly what
0: you you want you, your you question was, answer right? the next question Yeah. So, <laughs> in that insight what do you think are the best practices that encourage business growth
1: uh, I think roughly what we just discussed is, is the one we need to really figure out what is scalable. Not everything can be scaled. You need to have sustainability first. Once you have sustainability, then, then it becomes easier. Um, to grow a business, what's really important is to understand most people think that just because you have good people or you have a good product or service, the business will fly. Right, but that's not the case. I actually have read really good books, really, really good books. But I don't find those books in MPH or uh, bookstores at airports and stuff. Why? Because the backend system, the one who's publishing the book, they don't have the right distribution channels. They don't have the right distribution network. They have a good product, right? The one who have written the pro- mm. uh, the the book is really good, but they don't, you know, uh, really make it fly. So you need to have. Um, good back-end system uh, to, to make your business work in general so i had this theory even i i think when uh, until last year when we worked for the same organization uh, i'm not sure how much you are aware but when i joined the organization was very small i mean the, my team was like roughly seven eight people and when i left it was 25 people uh, because the load uh, on i mean the executional load the scope of work the business the uh, volume of business was such that we required to you know scale up and that is what i told uh, internally that hey guys to, to the big senior management that hey guys my uh, theory is very simple to become profitable you need two things which is people and product but to scale the things up you need process orientation you need sops in place so if you have a business and you want to really grow it, you need to make sure that there are some level of SOPs involved uh, for each vertical, each department. uh, Supply chain, uh, marketing, digital marketing, some sort of SOP has to be there if you really want to grow faster, because uh, maybe we can understand it better using the example. Let's say, have you heard of Ramli burgers in Malaysia? No. Ramly Burgers, no, it's. Uh, I mean, if, if Malaysian listeners are listening, I'm sure it's pretty, pretty common, uh, well known within the uh, within the local people here. So Ramli Burger is a sort of burger brand you you find on the streets. At the same time, I think there are some huge outlets in in KLCC Bukit Bintang area. I'm not really sure which area, but I've of course been there. Uh, they are very good at making tasty burgers. Their burgers are really tasty, right? Compared to Magdi. Magdi is not known for tasty burgers. Magdi is known for selling 1 billion burgers, right? But the thing with Ramli burgers is they make tasty burgers, they are well known. People, it's people's choice, you know. Ramly burgers, people would go if they are let's say in a an area where the Ramli burgers are later, they would go and eat. They would prefer going and eating Ramli burger. Because the people who make making the, the product are kind of specialized. The burger, the product itself is very good. The taste is good, it's people's choice, is renowned in the city and it's profitable because it's a good product and it's a good uh, people making, I mean, specialized people making it, but still they are not as big as Magdi and they. I don't think they probably can become that. Yeah, why? Because to become Magdi, yeah, maybe the taste is not as good as Ramli, but the taste is consistent. No matter which outlet you go in Malaysia, if you ask for uh, the same burger, I, I'm like let's say nasi lemak burger, right, you ask that nasi lemak burger in Johor, you ask the same nasi lemak burger in Penang, you ask this nasi lemak burger in Kel, one of the outlets in one of these malls, you, you'll find the same taste chicken burger or whatever nuggets and stuff. Why? Because they have SOPs in place. You go to the, you know, drive-through, right? Drive-through, yes. make these, You go to one counter, you give the order, you come to the second counter, you can collect your thing. Why? Because they have, they have speed, they have efficiency. And uh, that is that is why they, they are known for, you know, uh, selling one billion burgers in the world. Ramli burgers will never achieve it. So here we are talking about one, which is uh, a profitable business. The other is profitable plus scalable right so if you really want to grow your business I, I, again as i said I, it's a very broad question it depends company to company situation to situation what kind of company what kind of industry and all but um in general the general principles are, are these that you need to if you want to grow and for you growth means scalable then you need to have sops you need to have efficiency quality control you need to have uh, process orientation in place and to make it profitable you also need to have right people and right product or right service in that's that's one side of uh, of sort of general practice or principle i would say the other side is understanding the consumer also is very 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 important because uh, some companies uh, maybe in the beginning because when they are slim and we are, when they are very uh, lean it, it's very obvious that they would focus on each and every aspect of it but then when business grows they also start growing with it the company becomes big the priorities of the same people changes the scope of the same people changes then you, your focus tends to shift uh, towards other aspects, other important aspect and then you miss out on the basics which is who's your customer who what is the critical success factor of your customer what makes them feel good or feel successful uh, and how can your service can you know deliver that so slowly 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 when you lose sight on that aspect of it uh, then I think it becomes really tough so I think for a business to grow what is really important is to make your corporate strategy should be around what is the key uh, success factor of your customers you need to figure that out and have your corporate strategy around it I know it sounds very silly and easy and it sounds very basic but most companies when they on the path of growth they actually kind of you know uh, lose the side of this this uh, aspect uh, because they take it for granted because they already they already have some sort of market share so they're like okay people I knew is gonna buy we have brand name we have uh, so so yeah i think i think there are these basic principles i would say look after the customer have a customer-centric approach if you want to grow then have scalability in mind but for scalability have sustainability i mean fix your sustainability and then think about the people the right people specialized people right products uh, and a really quality product or service at the same time have process orientation sops in place if you have these things you it take care of customers needs you have right marketing then i think it should be it shouldn't be uh very tough
0: to to grow yeah wow wow very 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 detailed um on the people aspect for someone who'd like to be ahead of growth like you uh what career line should they take or what things should they do to ensure that they are growing the same career path like yours um there's no real straight answer to this because let's say if you
1: ask someone that hey how to become a mechanical engineer or chemical engineer then it's very easy to i mean it's relatively easier to answer and say that okay go and opt for a mechanical engineering course and do it but there are no like growth marketing courses right growth marketing is a sort of a hybrid role which has been recently created Uh, and one thing we need to understand is that in general when you look at uh So first of all, I mean, the listeners who actually don't know about growth marketing and also growth marketing is is basically a subset uh, or or is part under marketing, I would say. Um, And we'll talk more about what growth marketer is or what growth marketing really means. But before that, uh, need to understand this is part of marketing and specifically digital marketing, I would say. So if you look at digital marketing itself, digital marketing on a scale of 100 or 500 years is, is very new, it's very, very young, very uh, in the in the early stage, right? You, you look at the sofa, you look at the table, you look at... Uh, Road you look at vehicles look at things around you everything existed hundred years ago or or a few hundred years ago So meaning if it existed hundred years ago the skill to make the sofa or the table or the car or the building Also existed civil engineer automobile engineer carpenter, you know, whatever. So these skills existed internet or digital marketing or let's say internet in general didn't exist 20 30 40 years ago it's fairly new for common people it didn't actually exist 20 years ago maybe yes it existed for army and uh networking really happened uh, early in 1960s 70s and whatnot but for normal common people like you and me actually didn't exist for last 20 eh, before 20 years right and that's internet but then you talk about marketing marketing also has a shift from offline to digital that is also very very new that this shift has been around I mean we are seeing I mean this thing came into existence for like last 15 years roughly 10 to 15 years we still see big brands investing heavily in offline marketing slowly they are shifting to digital their their share of spend of digital is slowly going high year on year but so this the shift is still happening so the point here is that because this is a new industry it's very hard to define uh, what one I mean what is the uh, designation or what is the role or what is the scope of each individual uh is in 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 a digital company or digital led company like let's say in e-commerce company right it's it's very very hard and it's not very uh standardized all over all over uh all over the the internet all over all or in general, all over the economy or all over the companies. It's not because some companies will have head of growth, some companies will have some other designations, but doing more or less the same job, or maybe uh, one person wearing multiple hats, maybe they don't, uh, so, so I, I, I just, I, I mean, head of growth, head of growth is, is a very fancy kind of a designation, but I honestly don't really see much of uh, importance in designation. What really matters to me and where the importance lies is, how you operate what are your core skills and what how many hats can you wear and essentially that is what the growth uh, marketing is about in general let's say when we're talking about digital marketing when we say, we said right that digital marketing is an umbrella term and there are specialized specialized uh, verticals under it seo social uh, performance marketing and stuff right so when a person is working in a specialized sort of vertical within marketing the person will have will only think about that solution, that service, the 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 skill which he has. Let's say you you are very good in social, or let's say I'm very good in SEO. Hypothetically saying, right? So, um, I'll only think about that. But when you become a growth marketer, you don't really have to think about one kind of a solution. You have to think of a holistic solution. You have to think about a long-term solution, right? So that is what I think the growth. Uh, marketing mindset would be that you want growth no matter how the growth comes from whichever vertical you should be able to uh, deliver or lead the vertical so that is what growth marketing is so uh, as a head of growth I think that is what also my role is in in Zalora uh, that in e-commerce business is also very dynamic so if we want growth in terms of new customers or new source of uh, revenue they call it GMV, and in, in e-commerce industry, so yeah, revenue in general, so uh, new uh, source of revenue, new, new source of customers, new source of or maybe keeping the customer stick loyal to your uh, to your brand getting the repurchase rate higher getting the recurring money recurring revenue for them so how can we get that so you don't really think about one solution of marketing you have to think very holistically and that is what growth marketing is now now coming to your question of what can someone do to become a growth marketer I think the very simple answer to this question is think like an entrepreneur think like as if it's your own business because when you think like an entrepreneur you will do everything to save your business you will think of Suddenly, when you change your lens, you from become from employee to entrepreneur. Uh, you don't literally have to become. Don't really think that oh, I have to start a business or, or so. No, just think that that's your business. Think like an entrepreneur. When you when you change your lens, then automatically you'll start looking for solutions, not for services or not for verticals or not for channels. In general, market in marketing uh, world, digital marketing world, people will look for channels oh okay let's start social as a channel for our business that will be very good to you know address the uh, customers consumers la 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 to entertain them or to create the hype or to create the brand brand presence and what but then you are still thinking about a channel you are not thinking about the holistic uh, marketing approach or so you're not thinking about the the overall company's goal which can be uh, met through uh omni channel sort of uh, strategy right so so you need to think like an entrepreneur. That is the one simple answer, uh, learn to contemplate, learn to uh, yeah, basically develop that kind of a thing. But that's easier said uh, than done. What you really need to do is you need to have good understanding of each vertical of digital marketing. Then only you will be able to make sense of various solutions. Within the digital marketing umbrella, umbrella, and then when you think like an entrepreneur, you you know that it's it's like making a meal, right? I should know that how much of salt I need, how much of curry pe- uh, curry leaves I need, need, how much of pepper I need, how much of water I need. You, but to need to to put all of these together in the right amount, you also need to have them first at, at with you on the platform, right? So same way, that I think it's important to have a good exposure or good understanding good knowledge a good hands-on experience of all verticals i mean of course it's it's pretty big now but uh, there are a lot of verticals and for example influencer marketing was very small back back then it was parked under social but now influencer in itself is a very big thing right so it's very hard to get hands-on experience on all verticals of digital but at least pick the core ones and have good exposure in each of it uh, you have to put some time you have to give some Career, uh, I mean years uh, in your career timeline towards this and then once you have good exposure you should have developed good understanding of the business so you have all vertical marketing uh, vertical experience expertise at the same time you have good business uh, understanding good business knowledge you combine both of them start thinking like an entrepreneur
0: then I think it's very easy to uh, be ahead of growth <laughs> yeah. Wow wow A good chef knows his ingredients I think that's a summary of what you're saying. Uh sorry? A good chef knows his ingredients. Uh,
1: yeah, uh, roughly roughly. So yeah, you need to have all your ingredients at the same time. You should know that what is the recipe. Yeah, all the ingredients and you should know the
0: recipe, yeah. Okay. Um artificially, this is kind in of a steady rise. So different people are talking about it, Elon Musk, and to mention but a few. So what would you say or what would you predict as artificial intelligence having an impact on digital marketing? How do you think it's going to impact digital marketing in the next 10 years? Well,
1: artificial intelligence, I think it's definitely an overused term. Uh, and as far as the impact of artificial intelligence on marketing or digital marketing is... is uh, is there? i think i think definitely it will have an impact because artificial intelligence has an had an impact on other industries as well so if you look at the uh, alibaba's warehouse you, not, you actually don't need a lot of people right you a uh, lot of things can be automated using robots and uh, you can program the uh, robots to go into certain racks and certain uh, you know aisles and pick what is really what really has been ordered online And they they know where to go and, you know, place it so that it goes for the next stage of um, uh, delivery and whatnot. So I think in general, artificial intelligence will have an impact everywhere. So it will also have an impact in digital marketing. But what I really uh, find interesting or amusing is that some people uh, get kind of paranoid with artificial intelligence saying that, oh, now we're going to lose our jobs. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or after a few years our jobs will be gone um, as I said uh, earlier that we need to look at digital marketing on a scale of 100-500 years and then we need to understand that this is a very young industry this is a very new industry not many things are, are standardized yet it is still in the evolving process right? and it will always evolve because I think the kind of industry this is internet evolves technology evolves so of course the way we market also will evolve. Artificial coming, artificial intelligence coming uh, into digital marketing only will help. Uh, consumers will only help companies uh, reach consumer in a better, nicer way, in a more relevant way. Uh, as far as jobs are concerned, I don't really think it will cut down the jobs unless you don't change with the time. It's like this, right? Let's say if... Uh, I mean taking an offline analogy here right let's say if the river looks good because the river and the water in river is constantly flowing if the river water gets stagnant it gets stuck somewhere for a period of time it will become a breeding place for mosquitoes right because river is only good when it's flowing with time right so same as if you don't change with time you don't adapt technology. You don't change with time. You don't change, make. Uh, you don't learn right things with the change in time. Then of course you you have the risk of uh, being consumed by the new uh, ways of working. You will be. You definitely will will be left behind. And it's not just in context to artificial intelligence. It's in context to a lot of things, in, in general, uh, that we see around us so as i said i mean uh, as far as jobs are concerned i don't think that will be a big threat as you if you are really aware of how artificial intelligence or which area of operational activities artificial intelligence will take over so for taking an example here let's say if someone is a performance marketer is a paid marketer uh, runs google ads facebook ads and stuff then of course those are the areas which are highly likely to get automated because of artificial intelligence all the brands needs to do is fix the budget get get the creatives it now in fact you see this DCOs dynamic creative optimizations and a lot of other features where the you need to give seed creatives and it will automate it will automatically create the new creatives right so basically brand needs to give budgets and creatives seed creatives and that's it everything else is kind of automated so there are certain areas of operational activities which definitely will get impacted in fact there are Certain AI uh, tools like Albert AI and uh, Windsor.AI, if I'm not mistaken, they are performance marketing uh, automation in many ways. I mean, uh, I think I'm not really sure about which brand, but I think some insurance brands have adapted these uh, AI tools and they have uh cut their contracts with the they have they have end, ended their contracts with the performance marketing agency so in a way yes performance marketing agency lost the job in a way the guys who are working on the accounts of insurance account uh, insurance client uh lost the job because uh that particular insurance company has onboarded the ai tool so yeah there are certain uh operational activities which are of course you know uh gonna get impacted by artificial intelligence but it still doesn't impact your job because you as i said you need to change with time right so if you really know uh, performance marketing well you can go to the strategy side of it you can go to the analysis side of it you can go to the um, uh, you can basically lead how the things will will operate because artificial intelligence can do a really good job can automate the things but it can't really think it can't really replace a human in terms of how you think because thinking is a very complex job you can code something you can program something in a machine and ask them to uh, operate in certain ways, certain uh, in certain ways or certain format based on the situation right so if, taking again the example of the performance marketing one so if i know my ads are not performing good then automatically re- reduce the bit so i can I can program a computer like that I can program but I can't really program a computer to think that okay if there's a coronavirus in the uh, in the society and people and that is why the behavior of uh, users have changed towards online shopping be it increase or decrease or whatever then how do you adjust your strategy for next quarter how do you adjust your strategy to get more money for uh, next quarter through digital marketing right so those things you can't really program within uh through through an ai right so of course there, there are subsets of your strategy which can be offloaded to ai but not the complete part of it you know, the, still the bigger portion the bigger uh chunk has to be done through analytical thinking through uh, so so i think i think uh, the people need to change uh how they look at their job it's not that okay i learned something and i i will make bread and butter out of it for years and years you learn something that's fine but you also need to have a situational awareness the uh in general the industry awareness that how industry is moving and it's very easy for example i started with seo but then i moved into uh paid side of it social media paid social media paid uh, search engine marketing paid display programmatic then i moved into analytics it's all interconnected it's all very interconnected, uh, analytics, and now I'm uh, head of growth, working in an e-commerce company because it's it's easy to move move on. You need to really understand that you can't really stick to one, and can you know, so so yeah. I think in contest to job. It's not really something to worry about as long as you use your brain, you, you, you become analytical, you become you go on the strategy path of it. But in general also, let's say people who are currently the performance marketers or uh, SEO guys or social media guys and whatever. If you are doing the operational job, ground level work, you don't really need to worry because AI is a very hyped word, is a very overly used word. And there's no threat, in my opinion, happening very in, in coming years. Yes, these things will become mature. As I said, the industry is very new. It's, it's, it's in a very young stage. These things will become I mean, are the future AI and machine learning and stuff? It's already happening, but it will not like take away the job like now, now, or next year, or next to next year. It will take some time. It will definitely take some time. Uh, so yeah, I think I think that's my take on artificial intelligence and machine learning in, in general. It's good. It's, it's here to help us. It's here to help companies save money and make right decisions reach relevant people as far as marketing or digital marketing is concerned at the same time it's good for consumers also they have to see less um, irrelevant stuff uh, in terms of advertisement and and marketing and also. so so, yeah i think that is what it is
0: and i'll add more to that Uh, as time changes also the jobs will evolve just like in the previous days we had jobs for operators and then now that happened that the phones now they a system for the phones to interconnect the phone calls. You don't need an operator to sure. to do that. So as times change, also the jobs will evolve. So we, I don't think there's any need to worry about the AI yet.
1: The job will evolve, r- rightly said. Um, if the AI and machine learning is bringing change in how the world operates, then of course your roles, your your place in society, your place in corporate, your place
0: in company also will change accordingly. I think you rightly described it, yeah. That's great. So, as we look more in the dimension of management and leadership, uh, what would be the most common bad management practices or habits that hamper an organization's effectiveness and growth? Mm,
1: I think there could be many things. Uh, again, depending on the company, how big the company, how what kind of people work in there and whatnot. But i think in general i think people i mean if you look at the growth or the or a, or a growth timeline of an individual they want they one let let's say taking an example of a fresh grad right a fresh grad starts his career in a company so he's he's at the bottom he's doing the ground level job he's doing the operational he's he's basically engaged in operational activities right then so basically he's part of the team he's part of a bigger bigger team then he grows after certain years he becomes senior then he becomes a manager then he becomes even senior manager goes even go keep, keeps on getting higher 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 right assuming that he's progressing he's learning and whatnot so what's really changing here is that he where the people he used to interact with and the people who he uh works on a regular basis the team he is part of all of that is changing so when he was a fresh guy when he was junior he was executive level and stuff he was part of the team now he is not really part of team he's part of the meeting rooms most of the time let's say when someone becomes really big right so when you are part of the team when you're manager when you are like junior and manager you you can sense what's really happening in the team what's the real life challenges real-time challenges of the team while doing the execution because those small small things adds up and those small small things solved at the right time keeps the engine running for the company basically but when the person doesn't spend time within the team and spends most time in meeting rooms so basically is not really being able to to uh, get the real feel of what is happening on the floor, what is required on the floor. And let's say if he doesn't even have a good sink or a right channel to know the feed, to know the, uh, to check the barometer basically from the lower levels or from the other departments which where he used to have good uh, reach uh, in his previous experiences then that is something really bad because then there is a disconnect between the lowers and the uppers. You know what I mean? So what I'm trying to say here is that uh, there are various reasons, but one of the common reasons which in my limited experience, in my limited uh, uh, years in in industry, what I notice is that a disconnect between lower and upper management, uh, lower ground level team and the upper management, uh, is 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 something to be avoided. There has to be a channel where the ground level information, the ground level uh, problems, the ground level success, the plus, neg, and the minus, both the sides, gets reported and uh, to the to the senior management in some or the other way. And if that's not happening, senior management is busy in making evolving business, scaling the business, and the lower management is struggling with the basics then i think there is a big big disconnect right so i think they need to management needs to make sure that there are good channels uh, all across the level across all the levels all the departments which connects to each other and the right information the critical information is being passed on a regular basis so that the right decision can be made that's number one number two in terms of management and leadership I think what is important also is to understand the people really well Uh, because yes you hire a skill set but the skill set is sitting within a person and a person is not just a skill set a person is a sum total of emotions experience attitude and stuff so you need to be really good with understanding people. Figuring out what people really want because ultimately for a business to grow or for a, or or for a business to fail, what really Is required or what really is the difference is the kind of people who are there. So as a senior management, if I don't really engage with my with my uh, People on ground or people across various levels i can't if i can't influence them if i can't really figure out what group of people are really enthusiastic what group of people have high skill what group of people have high will what group of people um, are, be- are becoming becoming the negative or creating the negative nexus then i'm failing as a senior management right so i think that is very very important um, as as a senior management yeah, I think, I think that is what I would say. Uh, is one is the disconnect. There shouldn't be a disconnect. Uh, that is something to be avoided. Second is understanding people is very important. Because over a period of time, you know, it's like plants. People are also like plants. If you give them right attention, right, I mean, you water them, you give them the sunlight or whatever is required for them, they will grow. If you don't give them... And of course they'll die or if you give them too much then also the plant will die right so same way when you hire a skill set you feel like oh you hired the best piece available or the best uh, kind of you know asset available in the market but you never know how they will grow in your company you know what i mean so you need to really look after that part as well because let's say when you hire a uh, small uh, like junior level exec or a fresh grad they will the willingness to do work is very high, but the skill is very little because they are new, right? But when you hire a middle person, middle experienced person, the skill is very high, but whether his will is as high as the enthusiastic, a smaller grade person, that's subjective, depending on his attitude, depending on the surrounding he is in. situation is in. Exactly. So skill and will are two different things. You need to really find a balance. You really need to have an influencer leadership which can influence people to go in the right direction. So yeah, so knowing the people and having the right interactions, giving ma- making the roles and goals clear is very important. If you don't make the roles and goals clear of department and the individuals, it's uh, really tough. So that is something to be avoided uh, and have a constant, not to say constant check, not not to say in a negative way, not to say in a micromanaging sort of a direction, but have, have regular checks on whether what mood people are in in general so i think these are very underrated overlooked uh aspects of business but in my opinion these are the the biggest uh leakages potential leakages which can be prevented
0: uh from what from best from observation uh, i i see usually the disconnect increases with the size of the company usually when companies are smaller the it's a little bit more intimate as a startup, but the moment they get more funding, then they scale up and they begin to focus on their profit and ignore the people who they brought in.
1: Yeah. I, think, I think that's true. So again, connecting to the first point. So it's very important to have the right channel. Uh, channel doesn't necessarily mean the meetings or the forums. It also means people. So you need to have right managers, right uh right managers in place and their role also should be defined not every manager should focus on the technical side or the customer side of it so there are some managers who should be doing the people management so you know i usually put it this way and in, uh, in my workplace that one should be very good with people management process management and kpis management so kpis is your business kpis management process is your business process management and your people management so all these are the three Three things. Some people just because they are good with KPIs management or technical skills, they, they go ahead. But that shouldn't be the case. That it, you should be you should find the right balance to create the channel, the channel, uh, the connect between the upper and the lower management, and the right balance is someone who, as I said, right, uh, someone who's good with people management, process management, and KPI management.
0: All right. So for someone who is. Uh who, needs to, who intends to become a, a, an effective manager, what should they do? What things should they put into consideration? What would be your best advice for such kind of people? I think
1: to become a best manager, it's very really hard to say or rate best or, or a manager as best or not best or ordinary or below average and stuff, but... Ultimately, ultimately, what you need to understand is that manager is, is managing uh, people and when you're managing, you're also setting example of how uh, you are operating and how others should operate because people are looking up to you, right? So be conscious about small things, smaller things, which usually the smaller uh, junior fellows will notice. i think that's one thing very important beat your soft skill side the way you how you carry yourself what's your body language like are you getting panic i mean are you panicking for small small reasons Uh, how do you react in the uh, tricky situations Uh, so i think those are the soft side of it what's your uh, empathy level like right and so those are the soft skill side the Uh, on the hard skill side i would say to set and to set right example for the team uh, especially talking about digital because i only worked in digital marketing agencies or digital marketing or e-commerce space or digital world basically i would say i can only give such i can take example or i can pick example from from these uh, sectors and my experiences so so yeah for talking about digital marketing manager i think it's very important to set right example and to set right example technically you need to have hands-on experience at the same time you should be willing i understand when you're a manager you're not doing everything on your own but you should be willing to uh, put your hands into the dirty work and get the things done so that people feel that you are not just someone who's sitting up there and giving the instructions but you are someone who's ready to come and pull that pull them out of the uh, hard situation or uh, or or days when uh, everyone's busy everyone's uh, sort of disturbed with their work life balance and stuff so get hands on uh, understand people well uh, make sure your soft skills are really up and high and you s- because people are basically looking at you so so yeah i think that is what i would say uh, are the some good qualities of uh, being a good manager and uh, in general i think manage management in i mean you can management is something you know like you can't be good at it unless you master it with yourself so let's say if i'm not good at managing myself my own time uh, my own work Then it's or my own mind, my own emotions, then it's very hard for me to manage five other people or 10 other people or 15 other people in my team. Right. So it's very important to have balance within yourself in your personal life at the same time your professional life, because both are connected in many ways you can't really switch off your personal and say that okay now these eight hours i'm only pers- professional because if something really is happening in your personal life that will have an impact on your professional life if you have a bad day at office then of course you come and uh, have you know you behave accordingly in your personal life as well so i think you need to have a really good balance in your both personal and professional life and uh, manage yourself pretty well Uh, be it your emotions be it your timings punctuality or or anything because when you become manager as i said people look look forward to you your responsibilities increases so so yeah i i honestly will will make sure that uh when i was not manager i would go late for movies i'll watch all kinds of content i'll uh let's say horror or something which even if it when i know that when horror movies are impacting me it impacts my mood and stuff right but then i'm i'm working solo i don't really care but now if let's say something i mean this is a very silly example i know but let's say if something is impacting my mind let's say a horror movie has impacted my mind or or a action movie has impacted my mind then i'll make sure that there's a gap between me and the interaction with people because that has an impact on how i operate how i think i know it sounds very silly but it's true with people who are very sensitive let's say if i'm having uh, a very good time with my wife but at the same time next day or after certain few hours i have an office and uh, i have a very tricky situation so i need to adapt to the situation fast i can't just be in my happy mood all the time and uh, or or uh, and take things for granted or take things super easy when situation demands more attention more uh, uh, diligence basically or more seriousness right so, so yeah, I mean, being a manager is not just a designational designation growth. It's also growth. Uh, it it should be looked at it this way that it's a growth in your
0: way you carry yourself. Wow, it reminds me of a, a quote from a lady called Terry Sevelfoy. She said, "How you do one thing is how you do everything." So, in your perspective, I've understood that being a manager starts with being an effective manager of yourself so before you manage anyone else you have to first manage yourself well yeah i would
1: just end it this way right so let's say you are managing a team of 15 people so essentially what you are managing is 15 minds 15 brains if you can't control your own brain if you can't control your own mind if you let's say have mental diarrhea all the time mental diarrhea in the sense you have constant thoughts coming you uh, get lost in overthinking all the time right so basically you're not really able to manage your own mind your own thoughts your own emotions so it's very hard for you to manage 15 minds and mind is a very complex thing thoughts are very complex things, right you don't know how the other person will take Uh, some people will take offense in smaller things some people will take things very lightly easily so you have all kinds of character in the team all kinds of flavors right so to operate 15 flavors 15 different minds or to control them or to guide them or to inspire them you really need to be stable at for at your own uh, thing right so that's why self-management is comes first if you really want to be a manager otherwise if you look at the current i mean in most small companies or in in not to say small company but in most companies people become managers just because they have good experience they have good technical skills and they become manager irrespective of this of the qualities of being a manager you know so then it's okay ma. then anyone can become a manager but what i what we are talking here is about how to be an ideal manager or how to be a successful manager how to be a good manager someone who people look after someone because ultimately look no one will remember what position you let's say if i'm working under you and uh, when we get old and we are like 70, 70, 80, 80 plus, I wouldn't remember which company I worked with you. I wouldn't necessarily remember what your designation was, what my designation was. Designation, definitely we would, wouldn't remember, right? What we would remember is how you treated me, how how I treated you. How was my bond with you? How was your bond with me? Or how was the bond with between us? What was our synchronicity? What was the synergy between us? You know what I mean? So people actually don't remember designations after a few years. What they would remember is the person and what impact. As I said, I had a very good impact. I mean, uh, sorry, I I was influenced and my my first boss had an impact on me. I'm remembering him today. I actually, uh, he's not even the boss in that same, in his own company. It was his own startup, but I think he's, there was some dispute and he moved out of the company. So it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? I don't even know whether he's CEO or whether he was CEO at the time or MD of the time uh, at that time. I don't know. You know what, I'm, what I mean? All I know is he was my boss. I worked with him and he really impacted my life. And that's it. So there are a lot of people we work with. Uh, and if you want to be sort of remembered, if you want to be a good person or if uh, you want to be a good manager, ideal manager, someone who has impacted someone's life then these are the qualities which are applicable or these are the qualities you should care about otherwise this will sound very boring and silly uh, because anyways you can become manager based on your number of experience and number of uh, projects you are managing all. so yeah nah, ultimately i would close it close this topic saying this that people will remember you based on how you touched their life professional personal right uh, be it manager friend or whatever uh, designation wise uh, your your style, your management style. No one really will
0: remember that. So yeah. Wow. So as we look to the future, where do you see yourself in five years? It's very tough to say because
1: uh, I know a lot of people will make plans ahead uh, in 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 advance and stuff. But I I'm I honestly don't really make such plans, and I don't really know how my next five years will be or where I want to be what i know is that this industry is very new what i know is that what i uh, what i know is that i love doing what i do currently uh, i'm passionate about digital I, i'm passionate about teaching uh, digital to people digital skills dig, uh, skills on digital channels so yeah i think that is what i would be doing uh, maybe at some different level different stages because i think we we were doing digital even day 1 of our job we are de- doing digital even now the difference is the levels at what we are doing, the companies at what we are doing. So I think I'll be, uh, I'll I'll be working in some companies at some bigger level, bigger projects, bigger roles, bigger scope, and uh, influ- will try to influence more people. Hopefully, that is what I I I see myself at. Uh, as we were discussing before the podcast, during a casual chat, that I actually regret, uh, or not to say regret is a very strong word. I I, I actually miss. Uh, or I fail at uh, Making time to write blogs And stuff because I created my blog and I still have a few articles Up there I, I really love that part of of My job and my, my career So I think if something related to my Career and my job in next 5 years I really want to see myself Influencing people or helping People and doing bigger bigger Things for bigger companies and stuff uh, I actually had my own agency and stuff, and I, I realized that that's not really for me because I failed at it. And I think it requires some kind of firmness to be an entrepreneur. I don't think I'm very firm. If I, if I'm able to get that firmness in next five years, I might, I might see it's as I say, right? It's very hard. So as of now, that is what how I see my next five years. But again, uh, things might change, opinions might change, as as we discussed a while ago. That people are like plants; they can grow as well. And uh, how they grow, you never know. So what changes happen in me, uh, what kind of thought process, what kind of qualities I, I Im- imbibe in me in the next five years will really uh, decide where I end up. But as of now, no such plans. I don't really make plans so ahead. I don't know what I'm going to wear tomorrow, what I'm going to eat tomorrow. Five years <laughs> is a bit too too long. So, yeah.
0: So, yeah. Okay. Um, away from the five years topic, so, in line of success, what would be your recipe? Mm.
1: I think one thing I really want to highlight is self-learning. A lot of people, this is in context to digital, of course, digital marketing, digital career, people who are in digital ecosystem. I think self-learning is very, very, very important and the most impactful thing I personally feel that uh, my growth or whatever uh, I have learned so far, whatever little stuff I've been able to do is mainly because of self-learning. Yes, it's good. And it's it's really, we should be grateful if we get good exposure and we get we get to work with good people who can teach us something, who can add something to our knowledge portfolio, knowledge stack. But what really helps is the self learning and it's very easy in the digital world you want to learn a new skill you want to learn new strategy you want to learn about new platform you want to learn about new process what is what has been launched what is the new feature how can i make use of it how the other companies make u- made of use of it it's very easy very simple and it's very convenient to find videos online you it's very convenient to find podcasts and texts and blogs and things online right reading material online Uh, there are of course paid courses there are uh, simple ones uh, free uh, resources as well there there is a lot of it people what they don't do is they don't really take effort to go and search online they're heavily dependent on people around or or on the company and stuff i feel self-learning is definitely a, a important ingredient in the recipe of success, I feel the key ingredient. I would say, in the recipe of success, and uh, I, I always use in my team. If I had to inspire someone, or whenever I had a chance, or whenever there was a, a situation, I always give this example: that imagine someone doing a job 30 years ago, and if they had to do some research, they had to get things done. All they had was their brain, and that's it. Now in today's time you can simply go to google.com search something get ideas it's so easy it's so easy we're talking about we, in during our casual chat before the podcast we are talking about the pitch process and how you're getting involved in pitch process and it's so easy to let's say if you are stuck somewhere you don't know how should i articulate my my thought into slides it's so easy to go and google and look for some inspirations in google images Write the i mean key in the right keywords and look for the images look for the ppt's look for the look what people are writing in the blog how they are articulating and you can find a way to you know uh make a better presentation or a better slide right so same way i think find the right courses write the uh read the right uh, content uh, have the uh, habit of uh, yeah consuming right content related to your career self-learning is the most important thing and uh, yeah uh, that is what i would say wow so self-education is top priority i mean look it can be different for a lot of people right but i can only talk about the experiences i have had so in my opinion i think self-learning is that has helped me the most the most the most i would say any given day someone asks me what has helped you the most or what is the uh, as, as you asked right what is the recipe or the key ingredient in the recipe of success i would say self-learning you tell me you give me any other any scope any role uh within digital i'm more than 100 sure that with self-learning i have to invest in myself of course i have to sacrifice my social media time i have to sacrifice my my personal time during weekends and whatnot i invest some time in self-learning during those weekends and do, uh, by sacrificing the other nonsense activities. If I invest in self-learning and no matter what role or what scope you give me, I'm confident I'll be able to do it. Yes, of course, it requires on-ground experience and whatnot, But given the past experience within digital and good understanding of the digital ecosystem and the digital marketing in general, no matter what new thing you give me, I should be... idiot. I'm so confident about it. So, you know, what I'm trying to say is that People who are listening, the young, especially young ones, the ones who are relatively uh, junior, relatively new, relatively less experienced, you just be confident. You should feel confident based on your own uh, self-learning. So inculcate the habit of self-learning first. Go read, write content. Go complete the course online. Go uh, watch the videos, write videos. So, so, yeah, I think that's, that's very important. For other people, it could be different, as I say. Other people's uh, recipe could be different. Other people's uh, reasons, factors could be different. But for me, based on my experience, the one which has really helped me so far and really helped me tremendously big time is self-learning. Everything, if the biggest credit of my uh, journey so far has to be given to something, then I would say self-learning. Great. So, what are you most proud of? I honestly never really thought of what i'm really proud of if someone asks me what i'm happy about then of course i have a lot of things to uh, answer i'm happy about my, my 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 family my wife my job uh, my passion i mean literally when i'm sad depressed about even personal reasons i go and uh, read digital articles because that is a way for me to divert my attention uh, i in fact Most times go online when I'm sort of not in the right mood, of course, because sometimes you'll get angry. There are a lot of things happening around you, right in office and you get sometimes frustrated. Simple thing, go online, read your best blog, the best bookmarked articles, which you haven't read, finished, and that will immediately divert your attention. So I know it's very hard to focus somewhere when you are in one state of mind, but for me, it works. So I would say I'm happy about a lot of things. About my passion, about my industry, about my work, about my uh, about the people I work with, about my... I'm happy because of my wife, because of my family. But what I'm really proud of, I honestly really haven't thought about it. And I honestly don't think I'm proud of anything. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. All right. So how would you like to be remembered?
1: I don't know. I think the only way I probably want to be remembered as or is i mean it's uh, it's too early man i don't think i have any i have done anything which is worth remembering but if at all then i would say that um i i, I like uh, talking to i like speaking talking i like discussing things ideas brainstormings and all of these things i like doing with with younger people junior fellows in my team younger people in general i recently gave a gave a talk at uh, talent cop uh, uh, Talent Cop event which is of course Talent Cop is a subset of the Malaysian government right? so uh, there are a lot of students there so I, I really enjoy doing that so what I would really like to be remembered as if at all is that that I influence someone's life in a positive way I influence someone's career in a positive way uh, I had an impact I, I touched their, their life because I think that is the greatest thing uh, one can sort of you know uh, uh, ask for that you you are going and touching someone's life you are going and giving support or you are helping someone or you are lifting someone to even even if you are lifting someone by an inch or by very small units within the career growth I think it's it's something to be really happy about and if someone remembers like how I remember my first boss if, I, if someone remembers me, even for little contributions, I think I'll, I'll be very happy about it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> wow, well, that's very in-depth. So as we wind this up, what would be your final remarks? And where can people find you?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, nothing really
0: much on final remarks. I think the
1: only thing I would say is that uh, be very in, in context to digital marketing, be very optimistic about the industry, uh, about the, the the growth of the industry because not many people are aware that this is new industry, it's growing super fast, there are not many people in the industry. If you really put extra efforts, you go extra mile in your regular job, reading something, researching something, self-learning or doing job for your managers, for your company, go extra mile and you'll see the returns coming very fast. Uh, and multiplied returns so I think it's a very good industry I think people should be excited about it don't just see it as a job job just another job kind of thing Uh, yeah that's one thing Uh, where they can find me I think uh, I don't really do Facebooks and all but uh, I'm active on uh, LinkedIn Uh, so yeah I would be happy to connect with uh, with more people on LinkedIn so if anyone's uh, interested then please uh, follow me on linkedin and uh, yeah that's it
0: all right thank you so much for being our esteemed guest on the wow factor podcast thank you so much Tejas. Cool. thank you samuel and uh, thanks for this initiative i think it's really good
1: uh way to reach out to people amplify and at the same time share someone else's perspective and someone else's journey whether it's right or wrong whether it's good or bad it's it's important that uh, people get to know get to listen and if at all this can help anyone in any way then i think it's a really good medium really good channel so thanks for uh, having this podcast series and uh, I, th- I wish you good luck with this and uh, may you continue doing and influencing people thank you thank you so much
0: And it's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening in. And I would encourage you to stay hooked to your preferred podcast distributors. Or you can alternatively go to uh, the Wow Journal website, which is www.warujournal. That's W O W J O U R nal.cc and you definitely get access to all the available podcasts and as well you have access to different adverts that i've featured that i found really interesting that you may find of good value to you so listen in next time on your favorite podcast bye